everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to PSL Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 333. Yeah, 333. And I'm back. He is back. I'm back. It's been it's been a little I'm glad weird. He's back. Yeah, it's been a it's been a little weird. Last uh, it's only been actually one episode, like one podcast episode that I Correct. wasn't here, but a couple of Monday minis. Uh, so if you're following us on YouTube, I uh, you know I, I was not in the Monday minis for uh, two weeks, and then not one of the the last episode I wasn't here. Uh, so as you guys know, um, if you're following the podcast, I uh, I wasn't here because I had my baby. So yay, that's exciting. So baby, Congrats. baby Bishop is the new addition to the Pure Hustle podcast family. Uh, and it's one of those things that we talked about before um, the baby was born of like, there's a lot of things that you can kind of plan for when it comes to reselling. Like you got a vacation coming up, you've got something going on. Even if you have like a planned surgery or something, you can kind of adjust to that. But it's really hard when it's a baby because a baby comes when they want to come. You know, and yes. so uh, you, you can only do so much as far as, okay, so I spent a whole bunch of time trying to make sure that I, uh, my store was as active as it can be. I went through and I ended a whole bunch of listings, um, pretty much everything that was over 90 days. I had stuff in there several years old. And then I did sell similar, which, you know, we've talked about a few times and it worked. I, I got started getting a lot more action and stuff happening in my stores. Things started moving again, which is like a huge plus. It's a bonus. But then there's that. Okay, what happens if all of a sudden my wife goes into labor? We've got to go to the hospital and three or four things start selling, right? Yeah. And I, now I've got to find a way, like, how do I get those things shipped out? So luckily, uh, we went in, my wife went in for a checkup and they decided that we were going to induce, they were going to induce us that night. So we had a little bit of time to prep and say, okay, and for you younger ones, that means have the baby. Yeah. So they, they, they kind of medically make the, <laughs> the labor start. Uh, so it, instead of just, you know, sporadically it just happens so, not a biology lesson but go ahead um so we were able to kind of prep for um the putting the store on time away which is really nice because like okay we'll probably be in the hospital for a few days let's just do like five days time away if things sell then when we get back we can get settled i can get those things shipped out which is really nice uh, that's a that was helpful for us as far as that went um, unfortunately uh, my son is in the NICU right now he's been in the NICU for it's been a little over a week and i think we're going on like they 12 or 13 at this point. So almost two weeks. And so it's been a little bit rough um, having that. And it's what's crazy about it is it's when life happens like that and things get really hard, uh, the traveling back and forth to the hospital, I've still got two kids at home that I've got to make sure they're being taken care of and going and seeing them. Uh, it really puts a damper on just life in general. Like everything kind of gets thrown in the like survival mode. That's what my wife and I keep saying. Like right now we're in survival mode. And I think everybody can kind of uh, appreciate what that's like being in survival mode. And so we were able to like extend the time on the time away, which is really nice. Uh, but there's still some sales coming in. People are still buying things, but then it gives us the freedom. So one of the benefits of having the eBay uh, time away function is it gives us the freedom to say, hey, like I'm going to... Um, you know, I'm going to ship this out, even though I don't have to ship it out for another two weeks, but I'm going to ship it out tomorrow. I've got a little mm -hmm. bit of time. I will ship it out on the way to the hospital or to be really selective when it comes to uh, shipping things out um, or, or selecting offers. That's that's 
kind of been key for us is we're not really sending offers on things unless it's like, ooh, somebody's looking at something that's really big. Yeah. Uh, or if somebody sends us an offer, I'm denying most offers that are coming in at this point, unless it's really good. I've accepted like two because it's like, oh, I can ship that really fast. It's really profitable. Uh, not a big deal. I'm not, it's not going to spend a, a bunch of time for me to deal with this. Uh, and right now in this survival mode of sun being in the NICU, it's it's really nice having that that little bit of flexibility. And I know that kind of flexibility isn't there for everybody. If you're a full-time reseller, you you just don't have that same kind of flexibility. It's it's really hard. I think it's really important that you prepare for times where you might have to be off for a week or two and have enough capital that, and, and money that you have in savings where you can get through a time and a period like that. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a, a little bit of a hectic journey, but, uh, you know, we're, we're moving on and, you know, my son looks like he's still going to be there for a while, but he's, he's stable and, you know, the doctors are very optimistic. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I know that's a, you know, a little bit different of a, of a update as far as our podcast goes. Normally yeah, it's just reselling, but it, it does, it impacts the reselling impacts pretty much every aspect of life. And I'm glad you're back because I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of doing things solo. Now I did, a I did enjoy our, our chat that I had with everyone who are on the live. And so looking forward to everybody was like, Hey, when are you guys going to go live again? Mm -hmm. And so maybe we'll do that more. We need to, it, it's just great being with everyone there. And so, uh, you know, that was the one bright spot of <laughs> not being able to record with you. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, we're a team. We're not dissolving anytime soon. And so yeah, we'll get through it. We'll, we'll get through it. And Orlando and I were talking before the podcast and uh, like he brought it up and we were both talking about it. It's it's, it's so true is um, I, I, I'm sure I've had tons of support, family, friends, people are, you know, doing everything they can to help us right now. And I know many of you, our listeners are going to reach out. I'm just sure that there's going to be people in the comments saying, you know, that you're praying for us and you're praying for my family. And, and it means a lot. And, but I want you guys to also know that Orlando and I have read hundreds of, of messages people have sent us of stories of people going through really hard mm -hmm. things and overcoming hard things. And so Orlando and I have realized that everybody has something, you know, you might go through periods like a stretch of your life. If you're really blessed, it might be a long stretch of your life where things are just running smooth. You're not having any family drama. You don't have any medical problems. You don't have any economic problems. Things are just, just rolling. Uh, but, but I don't think I've ever met anybody who that's just like their whole life. Like, yep, never had any hiccups, never had that's any bumps, rare. but there's always going to be something. And so, you know, I, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm trying to do a woe is me with like life is hard for me. Uh, but, it, but we're real on this podcast and, and we know that so many of you guys have things that happening either right now, or you just recently had something you've gone through or something coming up is going to happen. And it's going to throw a huge hiccup in, in your reselling, in your life and your family dynamics, all of those things can happen. Uh, but one thing we've learned doing this podcast and, and hustling really hard is as we're reading those stories that people send in is the inspiration. And what makes a motivating story is when somebody, they don't just sit in the woe is me and do nothing phase. Mm -hmm. But they, but they move forward. They figure out, okay, like this is hard. Things are really hard. What can I do? Maybe, maybe you can't do all the things you used to do. Maybe you're used to going 110% and you're used to, you know, making everything work smoothly, but it's so easy. I feel like for people to start to, to get into a phase where you do nothing, where you kind of just, you're, you're stuck and the things are really hard. So I'm not going to do anything. And I think there's a time and a place for that, right? Like where you kind of just have to emotionally or physically recover or, you know, go through a time of mourning, you know, you lose somebody in your family. Uh, but there comes a, a point in time where the best stories are the ones where people are willing to say, okay, this is, this is my life right now. Now, how do I get through this? Maybe I can't do, maybe I can't do a hundred, 
but I can do, I can do 40, you can do 40% right now. And that's better than nothing. And, and I've found in my experience and other people that I've, I've read their stories, many of you who listen have sent in stories like this, where it's sometimes it's just the, I can only do 20% right now. I can only do 30%, but just doing that was enough to kind of keep things rolling, keep things going. And as things got better, you were in a good place and you could keep moving forward and overcome as opposed to, you know, getting stuck. And I think that's the temptation is we get to the place where you just want to go. I give up, but you yeah, can't, you can't 100%. give up. Yeah. And there's, I'm, I'm going to take it one step further. There's also times where you, you have to, you don't have the option. Like there is no option. Like your option is to make it or to make it right. So you have to put in 110% or 150%. And even in the, you're even in a worse situation than you were before. Mm-hmm. And you might be what Mike is saying, and you can only do 40%, but sometimes you don't have that option. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've ha- have not had the option and I've had to go in 110, 150, 200%, give more than I've ever given before to move forward. And so hopefully this is encouraging to many of you because I, I agree with you. Everybody has something going on in their lives. And, and that's one thing I, I don't think everyone in the reselling community addresses that things do come up. And we know not a lot of people that are resellers because of those things have come up. And that's why they've chosen to be full-time resellers. But I also know of many that, you know, one or two things gets in the way and they're just kind of like they're done. And I'm not just saying reselling. They're they're saying their career is done or or their marriage is done or whatever is done. And it's listen, you just got you just gotta put in and control what you can control and, and move forward. And it's time to just toughen up and and do what needs to be done. Yeah. I think it was uh maybe a, a Jocko Willink podcast. It was some podcast I was listening to and it was put in a way that was really kind of, uh, it clicked with me. It's like, imagine that somebody's telling, like you are the hero or you're the protagonist, the main character in your story. So someone's reading the book of your life and like, what do you want it to be? Like, am I the guy who like, okay, like huh, so the day in his life, he gets up and you know, all these things are going on and what does he do? Well, he goes to the, the fridge and he gets some food and he sits on the couch and he feels bad for himself all day and then he does the next thing the next day. It's like, that's not a character you want to like, like root for. It's like, man, what's wrong with this guy? He needs to, he needs to do something. And so like, when you see yourself like, okay, if I was the hero in the story, like what, what, what's, what would I want him to do? Like, what would, what would the guy that you're like, yes. Or the, the, the lady that you'd say, yes, like this person is, they're, they're overcoming, they're achieving, like what would the step that they would take? And so when you kind of think about your life that way, like, okay, well, well, what, what do I need to do? Cause it's gotta be something like mm-hmm. I, I want to I want to be proud of the life I lived and the things I did. And so, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, sometimes it's weird, but there was a couple of days there where it's like, okay, I, I'm just in survival mode, but then to say like, okay, I'm, I've got a few minutes. I'm going to go out. I'm going to list a couple of things. I'm going to take my son out to get some food. I'm going to like, whatever those situations are. It's like, you just do those things. And you're like, man, that was so much better than just feeling bad for myself right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you just gotta, you gotta keep moving forward. And what would the best version of yourself do? And then do that. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll all be praying for you, Mike. Glad you're back. So glad to be back. <laughs> Pure Hustle Podcast Strong. <laughs> all right. Now, it, it, life has been interesting for me lately. Uh, and as far as in reselling, because eBay is so fickle. I don't even know what's going on. Uh, you know, I've had some amazing three, four day runs. And then out of nowhere, I'll have like a handful of sales. And I'm going, what, what is going on? And I, honestly, I, I don't know. Now, I will I, I will address something that I've been noticing lately in the reselling community. And, and I don't know if they're wrong. I just it's just an observation of mine. I've seen many people say eBay has been glitching or the servers are being switched over or they're doing some maintenance. And that all may be true. I'm not saying that's not true. 
But I don't think it's enough for me to sit back and go, well, I guess it's just an eBay glitch. It's out of my control completely. Yeah. And I I do think some people aren't getting sales because they're probably sourcing incorrectly. They're probably not running sales. They're probably not taking offers. They're they're not giving coupons. You should catch our Monday mini so that we just dropped where we talked about what should you do if you don't want sales? Because that's possibly what people are doing. And so, you know, it's very easy for everybody to jump on that bandwagon. I got to tell you, I, I love reading the comments on e-commerce bites articles because when I go there, I just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know what, where to say it. It's just, it's a dark rabbit hole of just negativity to the core. And, and I just read these and like, yeah, you know, and it's not just eBay. It's like Etsy takes all my fees and, and you know, eBay, they don't care about us. And 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 I'm just looking at them like, OK, so why do you sell on these platforms then? Mm. If you're truly upset about this, you can go somewhere else. Right. You can you can sell on a platform, even myself. And and this is the one thing I think in our site. Wow, we're getting really uh, preachy in this episode. But one of the things I find in society is that a lot of people complain about systems, right? They complain about where they're working. They complain about their wages. They complain about their income. They complain about their marriage. They complain about their children. They complain everything. But here's the, here's the deal. You have options, right? You can choose to just keep complaining and protesting and hoping that things will change, or you can just change. You can make something happen, right? You don't like your job and they're not paying you enough, or you think your wage should be higher. Then leave and find something else. And I know it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. But I remember in the educational field all all the time, you know, salaries are a big issue. And and some teachers that that got it were like, you know what, I'm going to leverage what who I am. I'm going to leverage my degree, my my knowledge, my experience. And I'm going to approach the administration and say, this is what I bring to the table. This is what these other schools are bringing to the table. I would love it if you can match. But if you can't, then it's time for me to go. And they've left and they are far better off leaving. And some, it hasn't worked out. I mean, they, 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 you know, their bluff was called and they're stuck there or they ended up having to leave. Right. So what I'm trying to say is it's, it's, uh, I, I would say it's 50, 50, 50% of eBay is, is up to you, right? You're sourcing how you run your store and everything. And the other 50% is the market, right? Right now we're in a place that we don't really know what's going on. Right. Inflation has not dropped the way it was supposed to drop. The latest CPI report, right, did not meet expectations. I believe we're at 6.4% inflation right now. And what that means is, is that there's still going to be a long period of time before inflation goes down. And at the same time, employment is up, which is a good thing. But what that means, and I'm trying to get into an econ lesson, is that the the Fed, the Federal Reserve, what they're going to do is they're going to raise interest rates in order to cause inflation to go down. And when that happens, people are going to start getting laid off. And then we're going to enter into a deeper, difficult economic time. At least that's the way it goes. Unless we're in a time in history where you know, inflation's all good and, and, you know, there's no need to raise rates and all that. So what what I'm saying is here is like, maybe it's time for to adapt. Maybe it's time to, you know, look at your store and see what you're doing yeah. uh, instead of just sitting back. Yeah. I mean, it really, you, you kind of mentioned it, but like whatever the percentages of things that you can control versus outside factors that you have no control over, what I've discovered most of the time when people complain about things is that 
they haven't taken absolute 100% dominion and control over the things that they can control, mm-hmm. right? So maybe maybe there's only five or six factors that you can control. Well, if you've got all of those dialed in and you're doing everything you can in those factors and in those areas, most of the time that's going to be enough to get you through and figure it out. But you can do maybe only one of those things and then complain and say, well, there's these other factors I can't control. And then, well, that's too bad. Like you can't, yeah, maybe, maybe you're not, you know, responsible for certain things that happen to you in life or you're not responsible for, you know, the way your company's running things or eBay comes out with a new policy, which really, you know, kind of sticks it to you and messes up the way you're selling and it kind of hurts your your numbers. So you can't control those things. So don't spend too much energy other than to take the time to reflect and say like, okay, like you said, is this, is this the right platform for me? Like maybe, maybe this is the factors that I can't control are now so so domineering over this situation of mine that I need to go find another route or have I done everything I can possibly do first? You know, have I, have I got everything else dialed in? And if I do, then yeah, maybe it's not, you know, the, the land of milk and honey, like it used to be for you and things are just flowing. Uh, but if, if I would say, don't complain until you've got everything you can control controlled first. And once you've done complain. that, yeah, once you've done that, then yeah, you'll realize, and, and you know, there's something we've mentioned the stoic mindset and, and there's a lot of things about stoicism. I kind of find cheesy, especially with like the new stoics trying to do stuff, but there's something to be said of, you know, if you can't control it and don't waste your energy on it, just control the things you can't control and move on. Yeah, agreed. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just, listen. Just keep moving. Just keep yeah. moving. All right. Now, I did take a trip up to San Francisco, and it was interesting. I uh, I went to this thrift store because I I always like going on these trips and and paying for my travels via what I source. And so when I was there the last two three times, there was one thrift store that I always made a ton of money on, and. Uh, luckily one of my good friends decided to, you know, help me out. He just, out of time, he's like, you know what? You're coming up. I'm going to take care of the hotel. He got me a hotel that was 15 minutes away from that thrift store. And so I told myself, I'm like, Hey, if I'm that close, I'm going to go every day that I'm up there. So I went a total of four times and it just wasn't the same. I don't know what was the deal with the inventory. I, I went there early in the morning when it opened. I went there in the evening. I went there in the afternoon. Uh, and there were a lot of resellers I could tell that were there. <laughs> But it just wasn't the same. And again, it was a reminder to me of you you should always have consistent places to source at home. Because I'm pretty sure that people that, you know, that source up in that part of the Bay Area, they know that that store doesn't have all the goods. And so they go somewhere else. Right. But if that's all you're trying to do, you're going to be in a difficult place. So I did go. I went to a Savers uh, over like in Redwood City and I scored some uh, Kill Bill shoes, which I always do well. Oh, nice. And I scored a Shell Cordovan in the same store. It was pricey. It was like $18 per pair of shoes. <laughs> so it, it was kind of interesting. Now, I, I will say, you know, the, the, the Bay Area is one of those places where I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff coming through there. Uh, I have, you know, good friends of, of mine. Uh, and I feel really old because I've, I've known these guys since they were like little kids and I was, I, you know, going into college and now they own this pretty awesome, uh, some vintage, a vintage, like collective place down Mm -hmm. in downtown San Francisco and they're just killing it and, and they're killing it right now. Right. And so, uh, I think I'm going to go up there and I'm going to go check out their store and stuff, but it was really encouraging to me because they just started like two years ago and I think they're actually doing better than I am uh, when it comes to reselling. And it goes to show you that, you know, it's still possible even through difficult times to, to make your business thrive. Now, 
I did pick up a few items. You know, I, I did. I, I want to share a funny story. I, I, San Francisco, you've heard about the car break-ins. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if this is relevant to the podcast, but thought I'd lighten it up a little bit. And uh, I really love my San Francisco burritos. So in San Diego, what, what is a popular San Diego burrito? The California burrito? Yeah, right. Well, you put French fries in yeah. it, right? That's like blasphemy up in, in the SF. What? Like up there, like the burrito, the super burrito has like carne asada, beans, rice, cheese, sour cream. Where's the French fries? There's no French fries. Oh, man. And there's beans so, and rice, which they don't do down here. No. So I had to go to my local, you know, favorite spot. Uh, it's funny, dude. Like I was there. When I was a kid, when I was like 10 or 11, and I go there and they still remember me with the beard and all. And I remember them. That's loyalty. Like, I got to tell you. So that's, uh, that's, that's real mom and pop shop right there. It was. I loved it. But I, 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 had, I had a tough decision to make. Was I going to sit there and eat my burrito knowing that my car was parked full of luggage and possibly risk losing everything I had? Mm. But I got to tell you, maybe, maybe that's why I tasted better. Because I put everything at risk. I mean, that's good advertising for them. You could say this, this burrito is so good. It's worth losing all your stuff for. (laughs) Okay. That I don't even know why I brought that up, but I wanted to share that. Now, here's another thing that's been happening lately. And I don't think it's because Mike and I have grown as a podcast. I mean, we, we keep growing and our social media is growing, but we have received, I even myself have received uh, via messages on eBay Hmm. offers to buy people's stores out. Yeah. Here's what I think part of that could be. So what we're talking about is people wanting to kind of offload all their inventory at once. And that, like you said, that this seems to be becoming more and more popular of a thing. I kind of understand it because I've had a few of my friends who've started to get into reselling a little bit. They, they, go to the thrift store with me a couple of times, they start getting some stuff and then they realize like, okay, the algorithm, I've got to keep listing. And I've, you know, if I want to sell things, I need to have more inventory available for people to potentially want to buy. And you get to a point where it's, it's almost like a game of you always have to be growing and getting bigger if you want to keep getting sales and to, to, but then you get to a point where you've got a bunch of stuff and how do you get out? Like, how do you get out of reselling? Like it's almost a trap, especially with like the eBay game. And unless there's a way of liquidating all of your stuff and knowing what that liquidation price is, it it can be a tough thing to get out of. And so there probably are a lot of people like we just talked about at the beginning part of our episode about finding the right path for you. And if you're on a path and it's not working anymore, maybe you need to choose a different path. And so there are going to be some people who got into the reselling world. They haven't been able to adapt. Uh, They haven't been willing to do the things or maybe their life situation has just changed. It's not, it's not, conducive for them anymore to be going in garage sales and buying stuff and shipping and their life has changed and it's not worth it for them anymore. They haven't figured out how to adapt to the new market. And so now they're like, what do I do with all this stuff? And so, yeah, the, the desire to sell stuff, part of it is the trap of eBay. I mean, I'd like to know, you know, some of you guys, have you thought about that before? Like, what do you do if you're like, okay, I'm retiring, I'm done reselling, but now I have not just a room full of stuff, but I've got a room full of stuff and a garage full of stuff and two storage units full of stuff. Do you just fire sell and try and sell it on eBay? Do you liquidate it by selling to another reseller? So he, like, he, what is your exit plan? Like, Here's a difficult plan? one. So somebody had uh, messaged me. I've gotten two messages. And one was one was from somebody that follows us on social media saying, hey, somebody tried to offer me their store for uh, 25K. Uh, and, you know, they said that they had $198,000 worth of inventory, but they were trying to give it to me for 25K. What are your thoughts on this? And so sent me some pictures. I looked at the pictures and they had an everything store like I had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I told them, I said, you know, I got to tell you, I wouldn't even move on it for 25K. 
the reason I wouldn't move on it is unless you know about every single item, like, and not, not every single item, but you have enough knowledge to be able to gauge whether it's worth 25 K like that's really hard in an everything store. Like if you have a, if you have a, a, a niche store, like let's say you're just selling Dixon flannels and that's all you sell, right? You know that or lawnmower parts or whatever, whatever it is, something that you're very knowledgeable on. Right. And somebody says, Hey, I have 10,000, you know, Dixon flannels and you know that Dixon flannels sell for about 40 a piece. Right. So 10,000 times 40, right. You're talking about, what is that? 40,000, 40,000. Okay. <laughs> right. So you're like, all right, so that's $40,000. Okay. Maybe it's worth me paying five to eight. I know that sounds terrible, but you're taking on a lot of risk, right? Okay. And so you, you, you have to kind of do the math that way, but it's easy when you can do it and it's an one niche, right? Or it's a bunch of Rolexes or a bunch of Nike shoes, something you're, you know, but if it's somebody that has all kinds of stuff, like they sell overalls and they sell beanie babies and they sell video games, like kind of like what I do, right? Then it's kind of tough. So I would, yeah, you don't want to buy people's mistakes either. That's what I mean. And so, you know, we bought out a store earlier last year, but we got it at such a good price that it was okay that we ended up buying yeah. the other person's mistakes. And we have, you know, my half of my garage has that stuff still in there, right? Because we haven't sorted through it. I'm not trying to, you know, encourage Mike to eventually get to it, but you know, Mike and One I. These days. But we already, we already made profit. We already, I think, three x to what we spent on it, right? So. Be careful when people approach you about buying at the store. I had somebody here in San Diego and it was really great. I mean, they, they showed me their inventory. It was like super cataloged and everything was in poly bags and it was beautiful. But they wanted, uh, I think they wanted like five or six dollars a piece on each of their items. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, maybe, maybe I'll buy some of it, mm -hmm. but I don't think I'm going to buy out the whole store because I don't know. I, I don't want to risk that big of a purchase. Now, if it's like, let's say uh, a store has been closed since the nineties or a storage locker has been closed in the nineties and it's all full of vintage toys and you know, it's, it's, you know, they're wanting an 80 K then I maybe would move on it. Right. Because it's all new and packaged. It's popular. It's, you know, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of money to be made. But yeah, you just got to be careful. So, uh, you know, those of you that are, are getting into the reselling game or, or those of you that have gotten into it and you've done really well and now you have some capital and you're thinking, hey, should I buy out some of these eBay stores? Just tread carefully. Be really careful. Uh, and sometimes you'll get a really good deal. And don't feel bad about offering you know, a low number and, and people joke about me on social media that, you know, I'm always trying to get that be better deal. But here's the thing. I'm not going to risk my livelihood. Mm. And you got to look at that way. Right. You, you don't want to end up dropping 25 K and realizing that, yeah, it's worth 200 K, but it's going to take three to five years to make that 200 K. That's a long time to waiting for that money. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you could guarantee that, I mean, I, I think that's still a good deal because you pay $25,000. If it takes you three years, you're averaging what, like $70,000 ish a year on that. But then all the hours you got to spend sorting it, yeah. listing it, packing it, shipping it. Yeah. So it, it, it again, like you've got to just know, like, is it, is it worth it? Like, would you, would you buy it at those prices, all those items at a, at a, at a garage sale at that price? The hard part is, yeah, people are going to want to liquidate and they're going to want to they're going to want to profit. You know, they're not trying to break even off what they sold. And you kind of have to get to the place where 
if it wasn't what you would have bought all that stuff for, and, and and there is the benefit, there is the the cost benefit analysis of, well, I didn't have to source any of it. I didn't have to spend, this could have taken them four years to get this stuff. Uh, they've already kind of got it organized. That and is true. And there's so, that side so of there's, it. So there are definitely upsides. So I, I definitely think store buyouts are very beneficial and useful. You just got to... You you got to really know what you're doing. It's it's a bigger when you're doing bigger purchases like that. You've really got to know. I mean, a lot of the the YouTubers that we follow, we've had a lot of people on that we've done interviews with, and that's where a lot of their things come from, right? Like mm-hmm. where I, I think back to like a the hustle at home mom, right? Like one of her big sales was she bought out a ton of car parts, mm-hmm. and it was a big purchase, and you kind of had to figure it out, and 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 that ended up being like one of the most beneficial things for her, and so it can be really really useful for you to do. You just got to realize that not every deal that gets thrown your way is going to be a good deal. And I think if you're new enough and you haven't been dealing with those types of sales before, that kind of number of inventory, you're buying hundreds or thousands of items or you're spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, um, you can get like, oh, this is such a great deal. This is going to change my life because I heard Hustle Home Mom got a, a deal like this and it changed her you really got to know because for every one good deal, there's going to be 10 bad deals. And so you just, you've got to know what you're doing uh, before you pull that trigger. It's just like anything else. Whether you want to get into real estate. Well, you, you got to know a lot about houses and the, the prices and the markets and the area. You don't just buy the first house that comes available because that could be the biggest mistake of your life. So in all of those things, the more knowledge you have, the better. Uh, but going back to richest man in Babylon, there's not luck but there's opportunity. And what, what people tend to say like, oh, you were lucky was the people who were able to to strike when opportunity was there. And so you do, you want to be in a position where somebody were to offer you a buyout. Hey, I'll sell this to you for $20,000. It could be the, the deal of a lifetime. And so you want to be in a position where you've got that kind mm-hmm. of capital or you can make that move or you can quickly put everything aside and say like, all right, I'm going to spend the next three days researching your inventory, going through it and being ready to make this deal if it's the right deal. But also knowing... It's like anything, the person who cares the least wins, like we talked about yeah, a couple yeah. episodes ago when it comes to negotiating, you have to be willing to walk away and say like, nope, this wasn't the right deal for me and not have the like sunk or the, uh, the, the you've already bought it in your mind. Like I'm already going to make all this money. Cause then when the, the negotiation doesn't go your way, you're going to feel emotionally attached <laughs> yep. to the inventory and you're going to make a bad deal. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, that's pretty much it as far as updates. Now, Hey, before we move on, Tax season is here upon us, and a lot of you may be stressing out. Yay, taxes. And like, what I do? <laughs> GoDaddy keeping, GoDaddy bookkeeping went away. I've been trying Quicken. That didn't work out. Or actually, you haven't done anything. Like, since last June, you were just like, I, I don't know what to do, but you just kept reselling because you had to make it happen. And you're, you're going, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get my stuff together to get my taxes in. Well, guess what? My reseller genie. I believe is, if not the, one of the best tools out there. And the reason being it is, it is tailored towards resellers. Uh, you know, you have uh, an awesome c- a couple with Paul and Faith that have, they're both uh, resellers uh, and accountants, and uh, they know what's going on in the reselling community. They understand cost of goods. They understand, you know, the mileage costs, they understand other deduction costs, and they have this great tool uh, that will allow you to do your 2022 taxes, even though you haven't done anything. Now, granted, you're going to have to do, you know, some input of, of inventory and stuff, but it'll import all your eBay information into my reseller genie, and then you can throw in all the costs of your inventory and so on, and you'll be able to have real valid numbers to claim later on for your taxes. And so obviously consult with the tax person, not financial advice, but my reseller genie is a awesome tool. I've been using it. 
And it's it's definitely been making me a better reseller because I'm actually able to see real time numbers of, of what I'm doing for the month based on what I bought at garage sale in week one and garage sale in week two. And it's just incredible. So if you haven't yet, uh, go to our link below and use our code uh, Pure Hustle and you'll get 15 percent off uh, my reseller genie. And you're definitely going to be have an easier tax time come around again. Go to the link below and use our code Pure Hustle. And uh, you'll get that 15% discount on the first month. So check them out. Nice. All right. You have any random stories before we do a bolo? Yeah. Tell me real quick about... Um, you mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Not bolo. Random, random stories, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, tell me real quick. Uh, you said something about shape up. So you're not wanting to sell them anymore. What was your reason for that? Oh, because they, they crumble like crazy. Okay. So I should have listened to you. Um, oh, no. When I went through and redid my store, I, I, I still have, I think, four more shape ups. I remember you mentioned you sold some too. And yeah. I, I kept my mouth quiet. Yeah. I've got like four more in my inventory uh, right now that I'm going to just unlist because I sold one uh, like a few days ago and it got to the buyer and this is this is their their message to me. Okay. Here it is. Well. I must say that these shoes lasted about an hour longer than the ones I got from Gaming Queen, which I'm assuming is another store they bought shoes from. Ooh, did you just shout out a store? That's okay. I mean, that's fine. They, they, I, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault, right? Shape ups are terrible, I guess. The soles fell completely off in less than three hours. Can't give negative stars, so you get zero stars! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation wow. mark. So my response, of course, is that, oh no, that is awful. We will certainly provide you a full refund. And what am I going to do at that point? I'm not going to have them send it back. They're already upset. I'm just going to refund them. I'm not going to sell them again. I'm done with, with shape ups also, but man, what a, what a bummer getting a message like that. Did you get negative feedback from it? I'm going to look right now. So at last I checked, there wasn't negative feedback. Um, if there is, I'm of course going to checking it live right now. Check it live. See feedback. Yeah. They changed. I, okay. I'm eBay, still, while, while, Mike, while Mike is clicking away, eBay, you got to do something about your app. Why does it take four to five clicks to get to anything? Whether it be my feedback, whether it be what's sold, whether it be custom SKU label, it's like click, 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 click. This is something that they did in like the last six months and it's a terrible update. So if you're hearing us, please just make it one or two clicks away. That's right. Yep. Nope. So, so far, no negative feedback. Okay, good. Um, they, they probably were forced, you know how you said that eBay is like wanting them to reach out. So they probably were going to try and leave feedback. And then it said like, please reach out to the buyer. And that's good. when they did that. You're getting zero stars because you don't get negatives. <laughs> And yeah. it's crazy. Even new ones, new in box shape ups. I've sold those and those have crumbled. Well, when was the last time shape ups were made? Like, oh, it's are they still making ago. them or are they like 20 years ago? No, no, they years? were discontinued a long time ago. Yeah. Like, because they were proven not to work, but somehow people still want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people still, they're, they're walking with their shape ups using their shake weight. Like, <laughs> shake weight. Those actually still sell. We had somebody in the discord that sold them for like 35 a piece. It's kind of crazy. I feel like, I almost feel like shake weights are sold as like gag gifts now. Like that'd be a good white <laughs> elephant gift. There was a whole, I think it was an SNL sketch. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So shape up MBTs are kind of similar rocker shoes. Those I also won't pick up anymore just because you might think they're fine. They may be okay. Oh, these were new. Like these yeah. are new. And then you'll put them in storage and then you'll take them out of storage and you could, you could test it. I mean, and you'll probably find out right away, but let's say you don't, you're in a hurry and you take it and you put it in the box. They're going to get it. It's going to crumble. Well, it said, it said it took three hours before the sole fell apart. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, even if I, those shoes fit, my you're not going to wear them for three I'm not hours, gonna walk around <laughs> for hours and like, do these work? Yeah. 
No, shape ups are just terrible. Yeah, physically they looked great. The visual, they they were solid. They were good. I don't know if it's the glue they use. Let us know. Let us know what what is the. Maybe we need to create like a documentary about the rise and fall of shape ups. That's well, we're gonna do an episode. The rise. And Netflix, fall of reach out to us. Okay, we want to make it happen. Uh, and so mine was just again. I always say there are so many resellers that are not on YouTube. They are killing it. That put most YouTubers to shame. And that happened to me this past weekend. I went to a garage sale and I showed up and there was so much stuff. Now, I didn't pick up any of the stuff because it wasn't in my field. But somebody approached me, uh, this guy named Eric. He's like, hey, what's up? Uh, I don't remember your name, but you, you do the podcast. And uh, he ran into me uh, whenever that G.I. Joe fiasco happened. Mm. Gave those of you who have been listening to podcasts for a while. And... He was out in, uh, out, you know, if you go, uh, like, you know, there's parts where, where I live, like if you go for the East, there's like nothing out there and it was out there and, you know, he was telling me, oh, you should have came Thursday. I had like hundreds of vintage pieces. I was just selling off and, and, you know, people were coming from Arizona and people were coming from other States, which I do believe them, uh, because all the inventory that he had and, and the thing was he was only selling his stuff that he didn't want to list anymore. So what he does is he uh, he ends up buying out estates here and there, and, and he just comes or storage auctions and whatever. Had a ton of good stuff. It was just killing it. And you know when I met him at the estate sale, you know months ago, I thought he resold, but I didn't think he was like what doing what, it, doing it. Like like, and I told him I'm like, bro, I'm so sorry. Like when we met. I thought you were just kind of like a side kind of hustle kind of guy. Like every once in a while, I'll go to garage Wait, sales. You, you treat us side hustle guys differently. No, I didn't. Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't. I didn't treat him different. I just, I just, I didn't get the vibe that he was like a big time reseller. You know, uh, and and so when I met him, maybe that's the new shirts we need. I'm a big time reseller. There you go. Pierce podcast. Hey, we're almost there. Well, we're going to be selling merch soon. We're, I'm hoping to get to 10K subscribers and then we'll start dropping merch like crazy. Uh, but it was it was just a great conversation with him. I learned a lot from him about, you know, the direction of the market. Um, he was telling me it, it was crazy, though. The stories he was telling me about people that came two days before to his uh, his garage estate sale where people were checking F, uh, Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist from Arizona and Nevada and coming to his sale because of stuff they saw in the pictures. Wow. I'm like, that is competition. Not only do I have to deal with just the locals here in San Diego and then, you know, uh, my brother's coming across from, from Mexico. Now I'm talking about people from other states too. Like that is wild. And so it was just, it was awesome meeting Eric. I, I just I learned a ton from him. I, you know, he was talking to me about, you know, his, he has one section of his eBay that he just tries to offload. Then he has his really nice store and, and he was just sharing with me his knowledge. And I walked away going, you just never know. You just never know. It reminded me of that, of that book, uh, the millionaire next door. Mm. How most millionaires don't drive really nice luxury vehicles. Don't have Rolexes on their arms. You know, they're just your everyday They're actually person. money wise. Yeah, they're yeah. just money they're wise. trying to flaunt fake money. Yeah. And so I was like, that's great. So shout out to you, Eric, if you're listening. I uh, appreciated the conversation. Uh, thanks for, sh- you know, sharing a little bit of your world with me. I didn't share too much here because I didn't know how much you'd be comfortable with me sharing. I just want to say there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are doing a lot. And so, hey, before we move on, I want to share about uh, our, our Patreon and our Discord. Uh, I, I want to share one, uh, two things here. Number one, the Patreon. 
has been great for us in the sense that it helps us continue providing content, right? So Mike's had to step away. Not only has his recently business, uh, you know, been affected, but also his ability to create content, but that, that Patreon money helps us in those gaps. Okay. I myself, right. Had to step away while I was out with family and record a solo episode and two Monday mini shows on my own. And so every single time you all sign up and it's only five fifty five a month. And seriously, the value you get from the podcast or just the discord alone, because that's one of the benefits, the add ons. If you sign up on Patreon, you're going to make that money back for the entire year. I mean, what is that for a year? Like 70 bucks at the most? I'm doing some rough math. It's like 60. Yeah, I know it's 60, but it's between 60 and 70 because of 55 cents. And uh, listen, it's well worth it. So if you haven't yet and you just want to support Piers of Podcast, uh, jump on over to uh, patreon.com slash Piers of Podcast or go to the link below. And this is another thing I want to share, too, about our Discord. Somebody commented on there that our Discord is the only one that they've been on that people don't hate on eBay. Yeah, it's not just like a... A slam fest, and, and and I think we've been pretty good uh, on the podcast. And we've slammed real. plenty recently. Yeah, you know we're real where we are, where we need to be. But one thing is, certain communities like Misery loves company, and and there are a lot of communities that are built around just negativity. And I think that's what makes our Discord unique. Is you know it's not trying to just be a cook group that's you know join up and we're going to tell you the five things you got to go to target and buy. And, and, and it's not, Even though just we've a, had some cook group things happen. Yeah. I, I recently just sold, I, I sold some stuff that somebody had put in the deals in our, our discord, um, like a, a home Depot, like special that was out and I bought a bunch of them and I've sold some and it's like, I've made a bunch of profit off it. Nice. So these deals do come in. Uh, but the idea is it's mostly just a community, people sharing stories, asking questions, um, you know, given experiences and just having that that community of people who aren't just complaining. And we have a rants and rave section where people can say, like, can you believe what this customer did? Because that's good to have that too, that outlet. Uh, but we have a, a, a very positive community, I think different than most communities, uh, at least that I've been a part of, of these types of things. So, yeah, it's, it's a great place to, to be. Again, thank you for all of you who support us. Uh, we couldn't do PSL podcast without you. You guys are amazing. All right. And if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to follow us on social media. We are Pierce Podcast on all socials and Pierce Cast on Twitter. You can always give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to a podcast and you haven't checked us out on YouTube, come on over. Hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, hit that bell notification so you don't miss our Monday minisodes or any other random content that we drop. And as always, appreciate all of you that drop an iTunes review. If you haven't yet, please come on over, drop a five stars, write a note why you like the podcast so others that are thinking, hey, should I really listen to Pure as a podcast? Know what we're about. Really appreciate that. And we are the highest reviewed uh, reselling podcast out there and want to continue uh, in that direction. So appreciate all your support. Yeah. All right, we're ready uh, to uh, talk about some important. Well, kind of, yeah, it's important. Amazon is getting greedy. eBay is going down. And peeps and Panera. All of this and more on Reseller News. Orlando, take it away. So this is a you know a very heavy update episode. So we have like a few uh, recent topics. I already talked about the glitches and stuff, so I don't want to go over that again. Uh, but I thought that was, was interesting. So recently, uh, this site, Marketplace Bolts, had discussed uh, how, and I'm going to read it here, Amazon is pocketing more than 50% of sellers' revenue, up from 40% five years ago. Sellers are paying more because Amazon has increased fulfillment fees and made spending on advertising unavoidable. According to PLs provided by a sample of sellers, 
A typical Amazon seller pays 15% transaction fee. Amazon calls it a referral fee, 20 to 35% in fulfillment by Amazon fees, including storage and other fees, and up to 15% for advertising and promotions on Amazon. The total fees vary depending on the category, product, size, weight, etc. And I thought this was pretty interesting because things are changing. And I do think things are changing in, in all platforms. I think all platforms are going to go to higher fees just because that's the direction of the economy now. Uh, and I, I think they've all these platforms have realized that they can make more money by charging for advertising than they can make money on fees from people selling goods. Yeah. And it's a weird thing because like you expect prices to go up because of we've talked about inflation, bad economy, all of that. But what, what's really hard about something like this is it's really a double whammy, not just for the sellers, but also for customers. Because if you consider the fact that if it was just inflation, let's say the average price of items has gone up, I don't know, 20% since it was a couple of years ago. Well, that would mean if they, if Amazon kept their fees exactly the same, that they will be making about 20% more because prices of all the items have gone up mm-hmm. or, you know, those numbers aren't, well, wouldn't be exact, but some just to make it, Again. you know, so they should be able to keep up with the cost. Their, their total revenue will, will go up, even though like percentage wise, they haven't had huge growth they'll be making the same amount of money without increasing their fees. But not only has the price of goods gone up, which is going to increase the amount that Amazon is getting, but if they're charging more for fees as well, then they're getting even more money, Mm -hmm. right? So then that money's got to come from somewhere. Like sellers aren't going to be able to keep taking a loss on their their profit margin forever. So they're going to have to charge a little bit more. So not only is it the cost of inflation, the cost of goods have gone up, but the cost to sell those goods have gone up. So the cost of goods will have to go up even more, right? So it's almost like this, this... like snowball where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that's not good for anybody. Like that's not good for sellers. Cause that means your, your bottom line is going to go down if you don't increase your price. And if you are having to increase your price, then the number of items you sell are probably going to go down and the cost of goods for buyers. And even if you're not an Amazon seller, you're probably buying things on Amazon. And if you're noticing things are continuing to go up beyond the price of inflation, because the sellers are trying to keep up with, with the cost of Amazon's charging too, that's, that's a double whammy. Yeah, and the reason I bring this up is because I, I think Amazon is slowly being dethroned as a top e-commerce site. And let me explain a little bit here. So Walmart had a lost a billion dollars, I think like three years ago, we talked about on the podcast, trying to catch up. And and Walmart actually is catching up. Uh, Walmart has had lots of great gains on their quarterly reports. And we have a lot of quarterly reports coming out uh, this week, which we're going to talk about in our next update episode. Uh, for example, eBay is supposed to, I think it's going to be almost break even they're expecting. So if it's lower than that, then it'll give us a pretty good idea of where the year is going to go. Uh, but, you know, Amazon was king for a long time and it was a great place to do FBA and merchant fulfilled. And right now, all over social media, especially on TikTok, I'm seeing uh, these youngsters that are going on there and, and they're talking about how they're killing on FBA. And I'm watching their videos. I'm like, no, you're not, man. Like, I know what you're sourcing. I know the fees. You're just trying to shill a course. And it kills me like that, that, that certain, you know, individuals in this generation feel like the only way they can make money is by shelling things to people. It just, ah, it just, it's a grift. It, it just eats away at me. But that's, that's what's happening. I feel with a lot of like Amazon influencers at this moment in time, uh, actually one that we're, we're uh, friends with on social media, uh, has said that they make more on Walmart now than they actually make on Amazon. Wow. Right. Which is they, they even said three years ago, they never thought that would happen. 
right? And then recently, I don't know if you caught the uh, the Super Bowl ad for this uh, company called Temu. Yeah, it's actually been around for a while, but it's the popularity has definitely increased. I thought it was like this has to be like kind of scammy. What is it? I downloaded the app and it, it's interesting. I was I was gonna buy some stuff the other day. Yeah. And it was the prices were crazy, but you know they had a Super Bowl ad. By the way, that. Uh, 2B Super Bowl ad was the best one. Remember the one where they thought they changed? I didn't watch. Okay. Oh, sorry. You got a lot going on. But but there was this ad where it made it look like somebody took over your Apple TV and was changing what you were watching. Oh, really? But it was just the ad. It was was genius. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about here. But there was an ad for Temu. T-E-M-U. It's a a Chinese app. uh, that the, The commercial was like, shop like a billionaire. And... It debuted, and now, as of a day ago, it is the most downloaded uh, app in the U.S. After and and it surpassed Amazon and Walmart. Wow! Right. So to me, and I, and I went on Timu, and it's it's like Amazon. And you didn't you you posted something at some point on our Discord. Like, there's so much junk on Amazon when you try to buy an Amazon. Well, that's what the, I kind of look at it as. Like, this is the a lot of times people selling things on Amazon. It's like. Uh, products coming over from China in bulk, right? Like a lot of times that's what people do when they, mm-hmm. when they do uh, private label for stuff like, Oh, look, okay. I can buy these spatulas. I can put my branding on the spatula and it's like hundreds of the same basic spatula, but different branding for it. Mm-hmm. And then people pay for reviews. And yeah, so a lot of times it's actually not great stuff. What makes Amazon good is that you can look at the reviews, but even that is starting to be heavily manipulated. The stars reviews, people changing products. You start to read reviews and it's like, wait, these reviews are actually for a different product. And mm-hmm. because the way they updated their listing and all kinds of stuff gets funky. And yeah, it's almost like the, the Tamu, I think that's how you say it is, um, it's kind of like cuts out that middleman where you're just buying the product directly from China. <laughs> now, what I what I think might be really beneficial about this, because it seems like it's a lot of the same stuff. It's a lot of the if you're if you're going on Amazon and you're buying uh, AirPods or you're buying the Galaxy Air, you know, earbuds or whatever they're called, the Galaxy Buds. OK, you're getting name brand. Maybe you're getting it at a decent price. But a lot of times you're just buying like the third party aftermarket ones of like those types of things. And if you can get those on this site for a cheaper price. Now, the difference, though, is I think the shipping is quite a bit longer. You're usually waiting a few it weeks is, for, for shipping. But again, that might be one of those things where people are OK with now. That might be a good thing is if it starts to push people into being OK with longer shipping times. That would be a huge shift. Well, to the especially market. in this economy. Yeah. Right. And, you know, people are looking for that deal and they're just saying, hey. You know what? If I if it takes a couple more days, but I'm gonna be able to buy a knockoff pair. Like I, I almost bought a pair of uh, Lenovo like wireless AirPods mm-hmm. for ten forty eight, free yep. shipping, right? And I'm like, okay, like I'll wait a few more days out. And those are those are the cheap ones. You can get them on Amazon usually for like twenty five bucks, and sometimes they're on sale for nineteen ninety nine for for maybe not that exact brand, but for because I've gotten lots of knockoff AirPod, um, you know. Bluetooth headphones, wireless headphones. So those types of things. It's what what is interesting about it is like if you were to buy through not Wish. What's what what are the ones where like you buy in bulk off of oh, like Alibaba, from, like Alibaba, or AliExpress. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to one of those things and you're buying, you've got to buy like a hundred units or a thousand units in order to get the deal on it. And it's almost like they're kind of cutting out that middleman and saying like, well, we're going to produce a bunch of these units and just sell them individually from here. Yeah. So I, and the, the reason I bring that up is just be careful if you're looking at getting to Amazon. I, I still saw on Amazon. I think there's still money to be made on Amazon, right? Just like anything else, you got to find, you know, those areas that a lot of people haven't figured out. I, even the other day I was on, on, on TikTok and I saw somebody talking about how to get ungated in Nike by buying Nike socks at Kohl's and sending that invoice in. And I'm like, if that's actually happening, 
then we're in a mess because Nike used to be one of those uh, areas that you could only get on gated if you're like a longtime seller that had, you know, great uh, feedback and great metrics. But if it's that easy, imagine how flooded things are going to be. It, it, it's almost it's one of those things where it might be good like if we go into the, like a Wild West again, because that's what I think is like when you have that kind of freedom in the market even though there could be ripples of like, okay, people might be getting cruddy product for a little while. There might be bad sellers, but what it, what it does is it, it forces a company like Amazon to readjust how they're doing things. Mm-hmm. Right. And to say like, okay, like maybe we have to lower our prices. If we're going to compete with these companies and people are going to be able to start selling more things, the prices will start to go down on items. Some customers are going to get bad experience. So then how do we adjust that? But if we can figure out a way like more competition, if Amazon had like serious competition, then competition is always good for the market. Agreed, agreed. Now, there might agreed. be a period of time where, you know, when you're in a Wild West situation where it's like, okay, well, things are kind of crazy right now. There's things are unregulated and some people might end up getting screwed. But in the long run, you know, one monolithic company controlling everything is going to have complete monopoly over their fee structure and you're kind of just stuck in their sandbox. But if now all of a sudden Amazon has to be competitive and say, like, we, we got to get sellers wanting to sell on our site... And how do we do that? Well, we need them to lower their prices. Well, the only way they're going to be able to lower their prices is if we lower some of our fees. So it it could potentially end up being a good thing in the long run. Well, I'm good with it. I mean, this is where monopolies work in in favor of the free market or in the sense that Amazon was technically a monopoly, Mm -hmm. right? The government, you know, luckily didn't step in and try to break up Amazon. Instead, what happened is other businesses came in and now Amazon's going to have to figure things out. Right. It's interesting because we have this idea that monopolies uh, are something that the government should break up. But the reality is the true monopolies in the early days of our country were monopolies where the government had established a special contract with the company. And that's how they got a monopoly. Monopolies were not these free market businesses that had overtaken, you know, a certain industry. Right. Because whenever that happens, there's always hopefully going to be somebody that shows up. And is able to challenge that. And that's what's happening now with Amazon. Something to disrupt the market. I mean, think of even things like when Uber comes in, right? Like that disrupts the market. And yeah, for a while, it's the Wild West. Like, yeah, remember taxis? Be, yeah, anybody can be an Uber driver. And then there were some bad things that happened. Like it, it is a complete disruptor of the market. And then you get all these other ones that come in like Lyft. And then you get these ones. And then eventually it shakes out and it ends up kind of leveling out. And then it's not the Wild West anymore. But everybody ends up being better off because now you've got options. And prices go down. Yep. And it, anyways, love the free market. All right. So this next one here, eBay is uh, laying off about 500 employees, 4% of its workforce. And I thought this was interesting. I think this is very telling of how things may be here in 2023, despite what many other sources may be telling you. Uh, eBay on Tuesday announced plans to cut uh, 500 jobs, about 4% of its workforce. Uh, and in a memo to employees, CEO Jamie Aon said the company decided to make cuts after examining the global macroeconomic environment over the past several months. And again, I'm saying if he's saying this, if Jeff Bezos is saying this, you know, I think that's probably wise to take heed of what they're saying. He said that cuts will strengthen eBay's ability to deliver better experiences for its customers and it will help eBay focus on areas where it can make the most impact. Importantly, this shift gives us additional space to invest and create new roles in high potential areas, new technologies, customer innovations, and key markets, and continue to adapt and flex with the changing macro, e-commerce, and technology landscape. And it's interesting because eBay has been kind of on a buying spree themselves um, in this economy. They bought TGC Player, 
Um, they recently, I think they bought a 3M uh, counterfeit like detection uh, AI mm. uh, and they purchased something. So they're making big purchases, understanding that, hey, in this economy, things are cheaper. But at the same time, we also have to, you know, run lean. And I think we all should be running our eBay, eBay businesses that way. We, I think we should be buying at this point in time. Uh, and I, I'm waiting a little bit longer to buy even more because I think we're going to end up in a different place, maybe in about six months. Uh, but you know, that's when the deals are going to come. And at the same time though, you also got to make sure you're running lean, whether it be on your shipping uh, supplies, whether it be on, you know, how you source, where you source and so on. I, you know, again, I, the reason we share these things from eBay and Amazon is it's pretty telling of where things are going. So, Good. all right. And then the next one, you're wondering what peeps and Panera are about. So Mike and I have always talked about following trends. If you want to find what's hot and you know, I wish I missed, I missed out on this one. Um, I don't know. Did you know, did you hear recently that, uh, they are changing the language on, uh, Charlie and the Charlie, uh, chocolate, factory several books. books, several books. Right. And yeah. so, Oh man, I didn't even think about that for eBay. I know. Yeah, I, see. I know. I, I thought about it. And then I was like, I probably should pick up some books because they're removing like the word fat and yeah, stuff like fat. that. Yeah. All which, kinds of words. Yeah. Just, just, There's several books at publishing companies. Yeah. So yeah. Man, that's so true. You got to be, and even as a reseller who's constantly thinking about these things, sometimes you see things in the news and you don't always make the direct connection of how can I make money off of this. I made the connection. I just you. got distracted and I didn't buy any. But and and again, because I don't have a problem. I mean, things in their context, the way they're written, it, it that's what it was. And anyways, uh, I I just I got reminded of this because uh, our, our good friend uh, Flip Flip, who has is a a cook group Discord. Uh, he had alerted everybody like mm. get on these and they're killing it right now. I think like some sets were like $29 and they're selling for like 150 or something like that. Wow. So, so anyways, uh, but you should come to our discord. Uh, but I just recently caught like uh Pepsi. They're coming out with uh Peeps soda. That sounds terrible, but I could see people that love peeps coming up, uh, coming out with, uh, you know, wanting to buy these. And so, you know, these are going to be uh, released. Uh, I don't know when, but I know when they just had a few that some of them sold for thousands. And I think what? these will sell for. Yeah. They said um, marketers at Pepsi noticed that some of those cans end up reselling for thousands of dollars. Hmm. Now, maybe it was listed at thousands of dollars. Right. But anyways, it's a black diamond. The, yeah, black diamond. But yeah, they're they're planning on uh, you know selling some of these. And then this one was funny. Uh, recently, this has been big on TikTok. Is that Panera came out with this baguette bag purse? All right. <laughs> and I try to buy some. Uh, man, that that sandwich looks really good in this picture. But uh, yeah, they're forty dollars and they're reselling for like about two hundred and fifty on eBay right now. Wow. So. Pay attention to those trends because you never, never know. know. You never did you know. know about the Panera baguette? I did not. Yeah, <laughs> I've been a little out of the uh, the the market on that stuff, but man, never so, know. And I have I have a student of mine uh, that works at Panera, so I'm probably gonna message her and go, "Hey, you got any connections?" To my I, I need me a baguette bag. Baguette bag. Yeah. So that is our reselling topics. Uh, thanks for tuning into those. Yeah. So are we ready to talk about some things to look out for? That's right. What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. So uh, mine is I, I I'm a little hesitant to share this, and I'm not gonna give specific one that I'm looking at right now for, for me, but 
This one is a little bit risky. Um, there was obviously issues we talked in the past about like uh, CPAP machines. You can't sell CPAP machines on eBay. There's certain things you can't sell and there's certain things you, I, I wouldn't want to sell because if it's like a, a piece of equipment that's like life uh, essential for someone's life. Yeah. Uh, but there are there's a lot of money to be made in medical equipment and used medical equipment. And I know that kind of sounds weird and gross, but the point I'm trying to make is if you go to an estate sale and you see you know someone's passed away, uh, and they had some kind of you know condition or towards the end of life, they were using some kind of equipment. A lot of times those equipments are rented, but if it's a lifelong condition somebody has or as they start to get older, uh, sometimes their equipments that they that people buy themselves and then they use it for several months, a year, and then they end up passing away. And this stuff's expensive. Like so for instance, my oldest son has a medical condition and it looks like my youngest son, we're still waiting on genetic uh, testing, may have uh, the same condition. So if he has the same condition with my oldest son, we bought, there's a piece of equipment that he needs and our insurance covered part of it. But by the time we were done paying our part of it, it was like over $20,000 mm. we we paid for this piece of equipment. I, think I remember that. It was like, it was, it took a lot, right? It was like a small car, you know, to buy this thing. And then, you know, a couple months later, like I'm looking on, you know, after it had been paid off, I'm looking on eBay and I'm seeing sometimes people are selling used ones of these. And the cool thing about this equipment is it shows how many hours it's been used. Like that's like oh, it tracks yeah. the hours yeah. is um, that people will sell them on eBay occasionally for like a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. And to think like, holy cow, like I would have gladly paid. I mean, with my first, we didn't know how the equipment worked yeah, and all that. Like yeah, I, I was OK buying, you know, new and all that. But if my youngest son has the same condition, absolutely. hundred percent. You know, this is a sanitary thing. It's not like it's it, it's transferring any germs or anything. But I'd gladly pay $1,500 for one as a, as opposed to paying thousands, like $10,000, $20,000 for a new one. And I've looked up on on eBay and sometimes they, they sell for even less. Occasionally, like, I'm like, man, I need to actually set some alerts in case some show up for lower. Yeah. And I even looked up on OfferUp and somebody was selling on OfferUp for about $800 for one. And I'm like, they sell on eBay for like $1,500 used. And I, again, like I know I would gladly pay for it. So I know other people would as well. And I think like this is just one piece of equipment. And there are so many different things that people have. And I'm looking at a lot of the descriptions of people sound on eBay. And it's like, you know, my mom used this for a couple of years before she passed away. She only used it intermittently. And it's like only got, you know, a hundred hours on it. I'm like, that's nothing. hundred hours on this piece of equipment. That's basically good for life. And this one type of equipment. And I'm thinking there are thousands of different medical conditions that people buy different equipment or stuff for. I mean, even think of some stuff is cheap and easy, like blood pressure machines. You can go to Walgreens and get one. But if somebody's got like a serious condition and they have like a nicer one in their house that they have to monitor because it's more important for them, you know, and they're spending $800 on one or $1,000 for one for that's medical grade. And then they pass away and their their family's like, well, what do I do with this this unit I have here? Because I've sold lots of things like uh, we've talked about the phones for people who are hard of hearing. Right. That the special oh, yeah. phones that are, are meant for that. They'll still, it depends on which ones, but some right. of them sell. So, well. so if you're, I, I don't want to give specifics because I don't want to kill my market on, on this one that I want. <laughs> not that I'm trying to necessarily make money, but I want one for potentially my own son. But it's one of those things that you might not think about. You might go into an estate sale and you see a certain section of stuff and you're like, I kind of want it. You might, you almost feel like weird. Like if it's medical and it's like, if yeah, someone yeah, passed I away, I kind of want to say, but you know, I also have a friend who his wife just had like a cancer treatment thing. And he was telling me that he knows a guy who rents out like hospital beds and stuff that he has purchased from people who've, and that's like his business is he huh. has purchased a whole bunch of equipment that people had bought for their house because somebody needed it. And then he's bought it and now he rents them out. And so it's like, man, I never even thought of that. You know, that's one area I would typically probably stay away from when I walked into an estate sale. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's actually, maybe that's an area that 
to, to be on the lookout for to, to maybe learn a little bit about. And again, I wouldn't touch anything that's like, this is like a, a, a device that like could, if somebody doesn't have, and it's not working right, they could die. Like I wouldn't, we wouldn't touch that with a hundred foot pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because I don't want to be responsible for, Oh, it had a problem. And I didn't know it had a problem. And then somebody died. But if it's just like a, you know, blood pressure type machine, and it's like not the end of the world. And it's just like a nicer unit. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be more willing to look that up and sell something like that. Yeah. And obviously you've already said it many times, you always got to make sure you follow eBay policies yeah. and all that good yeah. stuff. You can't sell CPAP machines or certain machines you can't sell, but some you can. Yeah. And just be careful with your wording. Like for example, I bought some, a bunch of glasses and people like the frames, mm. but I put RX like on accident. I did a sell somewhere on this uh, thing and the like RX on there yeah. made it sound that it was prescription. And so eBay, Pull that listing uh, on me so so you just got to be careful of how you know how you end up listing it too but yeah i agree i mean there's people that sell like uh what is that thing you put on your knee that like rotates with your knee i don't know a knee brace <laughs> I mean, it's a knee raise. but some people do well selling those kind of things yeah i've actually sold quite a few of those i got a bunch from a thrift store like for after acl surgery and then they're like they're they have like dials that you lock in so like yeah, the first, yeah. after the first week you can do like 10 percent movement and then every couple of weeks you change how much further you can bend it yeah i've sold those before and, and, and made pretty good money on those so but always make sure you check yeah <laughs> so and just because it's sold doesn't mean it's still okay that's true yeah because ebay will even after the fact pull your listing and slap you with a viral warning or suspend you or whatever so be careful all right so believe it or not if you have an item from 2000 2003 it is vintage getting old man it's been 20 years and what i'm realizing now is all these toys i bought for my kids you think you're old you're talking about bringing new life into the world right now i'm talking about when i brought new life well you know i didn't personally but you know what i mean brought new life into the world in the early 2000s okay and if you're, you know, like me in your 40s or late 30s and you had a child in the early 2000s and you bought them toys, guess what? Those toys are becoming valuable now. So, for example, I recently picked up some Dora the Explorer toys. I picked up a Dora talking house and all the furniture in it. And I actually at that time, I, I bought this for my stepdaughter years ago. Unfortunately, I think I sold it at like a a garage sale or something for like probably pennies on the dollar. And at that time it wasn't worth much when I sold it. It probably was like, Oh nine. I think I was doing a Dave Ramsey thing and I was trying to sell whatever I could. But now like you could sell that Dora talking house, just a house alone for 80 to hundred bucks. Right. I just sold the furniture recently. It was just like 20 pieces of furniture for like 20 bucks plus shipping. And I only paid 35 for the house and the furniture and the characters I'm selling for 50. So there's that Bratz dolls are going to, uh, are money. Uh, if those password journals that you needed a, a password to get in that they're not like iPads and so on, those will probably sell for money. eventually. I'm not sure if right now they're going to, they're selling for good money. Uh, but like Nintendo DS that's making a rise again and video game market, you got to be careful. Uh, but there, there's a bunch of toys. You just got to think, I think about, for example, I recently just sold this, uh, Fisher price, a uh, flash top, I think it was called, or something like that. And you know, um, I'm I'm selling right now Leapster Blackberries, hmm. right there. You know how you can buy like you know wannabe iPhones. Yeah. I guess parents now want to buy the Blackberries. I I don't know, but I've been selling those consistently lately. And that's I, smart. I mean, 
if you got a kid getting into the teenage years, I'd be much, I'd be much happier with them with a flip phone than a, a smartphone. You know? Yeah. Well, we've been talking about that too. Yeah. How people are now are buying flip phones, and people are going to Polaroid, and people are going so maybe to maybe parents like my kid is going to play with a toy flip phones. So that way, when they get to a little bit older, they'll think that's normal instead it, of a smartphone. It's possible, but keep an eye out. You know. Blues Clues uh, started in the early 2000s. There was this little kid show called Backyardigans. Uh, and, and any of these shows that, you know, your child <laughs> was between one and five from 2000 to 2005, those I think are going to start becoming valuable. And some of them already are. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating to mm. me that it's vintage now. It's crazy. So what does that make stuff from the 60s and 70s? It's not antique yet. No, antique is 100, 100 years. Yeah. But... But I mean, it's one of those things like it's vintage is just a definition in that sense. I mean, it's it's a definition, so it's useful. But, you know, people could be like, that's just an old toy. You know, I, th- I still think people are going to see. I think people see what they had when they were kids as vintage or True. that their parents had like that. So but that, j- yeah, that is going to be kind of what's what, what is going to be considered vintage. So whether or not the year has come, like it's going to be as people are coming into money and like, man, I remember when I was a kid. I wanted this toy or I had this toy as a kid and I loved it and like I broke it and I don't have it. I want to give it to my kid. Like those are the things that come up. Like even when Pokemon got big again, I mean, should have seen it. Like, cause I was the age. I remember playing with Pokemon cards as a little kid in like elementary school, junior high. And like, that was the thing. Yeah. And to think that, yeah, now that I'm in, you know, early thirties and that's when people start to get money and it's like, Pokemon. Like I could go yeah. buy Pokemon yeah. cards yeah. now. I used to only be able to have like I only had like four packs as a kid and I just had to play with those four packs and make it work. And now like I can buy full booster boxes. Why not? And then that that drove that that market. Yeah, I just feel like everything's getting recycled, right? Like now there's a fresh print of Bel Air, but it's like what what he really went through. It's just terrible. Really? Yeah, it's like I, I just care about the show, the original. Or Quantum Leap is now a whole different Quantum Leap. Not with Scott. You probably don't even know what Quantum Leap is. Mm-hmm. It was such an incredible show. But anyways, what I'm telling you is, all of you Gen Xers out there that had kids 20 years ago, okay, keep it out for those toys. Yeah, and if you're a millennial, think back to your childhood. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, anyway, hey, before we move on, if you haven't had a chance yet to get some bubble wrap from American Bubble Boy, do so. It's the best deal out there. You can get it free day, free day, next day, two day, free shipping, or you could do local pickup for free too. Uh, incredible deal. I'm always a fan of the 700 square foot roll for $39.99. Best deal out there. And it gets to me in no time. So check them out. Go to our link below. American Bubble Boy. All right. What are you looking forward to, Mike? Um, I mean, obviously looking forward to getting back to my real normal and not this like, you know, uh, like forced normal that I'm trying to get accustomed to. Uh, but I need to get my taxes done. And it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier in the the podcast of it's easy to be like this, is the last thing on my mind right now. And mm-hmm. I think rightly so. Uh, but also there's times where I'm just sitting in the hospital room for hours. And there's nothing going on. And it's like, okay, there's nothing else I can do right now other than be here and, and, and just be there loving my kids. So might as well bring my laptop. And when the nurse walks in, like, Oh, what are you guys doing? Taxes. <laughs> like, you know, but, but just get that stress off. Cause it's one of those things where even though it's the last thing I want to be thinking about, it's still in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. And so you just got to do the things, whatever things you can do. And I think just having little stress like that off will just make everything else that much better. That's no. good. What about That's you? Good. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking, well, it's kind of weird. I'm looking forward to eBay's quarterly report, which we'll report on, but I, I do think that's going to be very telling of the direction of how things are moving as far as reselling. It's next year because it's going to be 
you know, the Q1 reports where we're going to get a pretty good picture of how things are. And then uh, I'm going to begin working on my taxes. I'm hoping to have everything all done by the end of March. Uh, Now with my reseller genie, I feel like I can confidently do that. So I need to get in there and sort all that out. I also need to organize a lot of my inventory. I have tons of stuff listed, but it's, I haven't put custom SKU labels Mm -hmm. on them uh, just because I've been trying to list like crazy. And, and uh, yeah, I got to, um, yeah, it's an interesting time right now. You know, I, I, I got to find I, a way to move inventory and maybe I will be doing whatnots again. Uh, and I will tell you right off the bat, like I'm doing these whatnots, mo- a lot of the sales, you know, I, I can't guarantee that you're going to make sweet profit, but I can guarantee you'll get a sw- sweet vintage item. So I'm not going to be a person here that's going to tell you, get some great sourcing items for me and maybe just quality stuff that, you know, you may be able to sell. So I don't know. I got to figure things out. Uh, again, sales have been good, but I'm just, I want to be ready. So that's pretty much it for me, but Hey, it's yeah. great to have you back on the podcast and, uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, the comments on our episode and appreciate all of you tuning in. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Lates. Peace.